0: Hi guys, hope you guys are doing great. I am Hiral Mehta. I am a contemporary artist and the founder of my brand, House of Hiral, where I design and create lifestyle products. I would also like to introduce you to my new venture, which is God of Onions, where beautiful things unfold in each episode. So, um, welcome to the God of Onions podcast, episode one. Where we are quite grateful to launch the podcast with Paul Antonio. Paul is an expert scribe and a well-renowned calligrapher. His love for this form of art is evident in his work. He has worked for clients such as Joe Malone, Aspray, the Royal College of Art, and Eurostar. He also has a successful YouTube channel called PA Scribe where he provides tutorial for aspiring calendar Welcome Paul, it is good
1: to have you here. Hi Paul. Hi Hiral.
0: So welcome Paul, it is great to have you at this platform, it's an honor. So um, I'm also going to be launching my podcast, uh, which is called as God of Onions. Uh, Firstly, your work is absolutely absolutely stunning. And I I can see that in your reputation, uh, matches your performance. Your work is very unique and exceptional. Basically, you have your own style. And that's amazing. I literally love the script and the work which you're doing currently. I think it's very interesting and exquisite. Uh, so my first question for you is: How did you evolve your craft in regards to the quality of the work?
1: So, um, you know, the 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 thing that I'm 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 always really grateful for is that you know I have a very particular mind. So I'm I, when I started learning calligraphy, I, I taught myself. I started when I was nine, and I could see the structure of the letters. I wasn't sort of randomly practicing. Hi, Oji. I wasn't randomly practicing. I was I was very conscious of the practice. In years later, when I trained as a calligrapher, guild and heraldic artist, I went back to Trinidad wow. to visit my mother. And she said to me, I, I need to show you something. And I said, oh, okay. And she got these albums out, which I'd never seen. I'd never, and I thought, oh, she has, I've never seen these photo albums. And she had kept everything that I'd written. All my practice, everything was there. And, and she showed me and she said, I, I need to ask you something. I looked at this and I thought to myself, this is not a doting mother. Saying, "Oh my gosh, my son's work is amazing." <laughs> I looked at this and I compared it to the books, and I thought, "This is this is too close." To what you see. And I I opened the books and I started looking through them, and I said, "How old are these?" And she said, "You would have been ten here. You would have been fifteen here." I said, "This is this is this is not a this is not a ten-year-old writing." I said, "I have adult students who cannot achieve this level of accuracy." I said, well, how, how did this happen? She said, "I don't know." And so she and I started talking about my practice, and I was able to look at the practice that I did, you know, when I when I just started, and I started to break down the practice. And I I I didn't start with the letters. I always start with the basic strokes. I perfect I perfected the basic strokes before I moved on to the letters. And then I worked with the letters in their groups, which is the same way I always teach my students. I always tell students never, ever, 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 under any circumstance, write out the alphabet in alphabetical order, because an A is not like a B. And so you, you must practice them in their groups. And, and I, I, I could have seen this sort of consistent practice. So, you know, moving from a beginner, um, you can move very quickly from a beginner phase into a more intermediate phase if you are following a specific path and if you're working on one script. So many people want to learn four or five or six different scripts. They want to write with different tools. And that that really affects the way in which you, you, you develop because you're not focusing your attention. You're not concentrating um, on that one script or that one tool. And, you know, once you start to get really good at one script and one tool, you'll find that there's a lot of, um, of, of transferable information. So when you pick up another tool, you have that sense of accuracy that, you're already, that you've already incorporated into your practice. So that was a big part of my, 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 my learning phase. You know, I grew up in Trinidad. You know, Nobody knew what calligraphy was.
0: <laughs> wow, I think... <laughs> at the age of 9 that's that's something amazing i think i would have never thought about this at the age of 9 myself and i think you're quite talented yourself so i think that's amazing that's but you know, beautiful talent,
1: talent talent is one thing but you know i, I remember when i was you know I, I was i was about 18 or 19 mm-hmm. um and I, I was going to New York for a couple of months, and oh, I met okay. I, I met a friend there, and he he used to work for um, for Tommy Hilfiger. He was one of the illustrators, and um, Interesting. he he said to me, "I I know you're talented. I can see that." He said, "But nothing can do for you what a good teacher will." They will take that raw talent and they will consolidate it and hone it and confine it into a really tight beam and you will be stunned at what you can produce after training and you know when you're young you're really sort of conceited and you're yeah 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 i'm really good here (laughs) (laughs) um and i i then i when i came to to the uk i i I won a couple of scholarships and i went to university and I was I was amazed at what my tutors took with this raw talent and what they were able to do with it. So it's it's not simply a matter of having the talent. You really need somebody to guide you. There are things that a tutor will show you that you cannot discover on your own. You know, I, I always tell my students, you know, I, I, I have a very particular way of teaching. And I always tell my students, um, you know, I, I developed my courses online the way I have, because we have a lecture on the history of the alphabet, um, a lecture on the history of the script that I'm teaching on the Sunday. So the mm-hmm. Tuesday is the lecture it's, and it's a lecture looking at the structure of the script from an historical paleographical manuscript background, which very few calligraphers look at. And, you know, once you have that sort of knowledge, that, that underlying knowledge, it helps to support the practice. And so this this sort of system of 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 teaching where you know at the end of the workshop i always tell students you know i i've I've invented this wheel which i'm giving to you so you don't need to invent the wheel you don't need to go through 30 plus years of, of of research and practice you can start at the point that i am at now and i think that's really important for students to understand and I know it's really great that people want to practice and they want to develop their own style, but you must have an historical background first. Otherwise, it, it, you have no foundation. So, so it's not just about the practice. It's about consistent, good, accurate practice. It's then about c- correcting the practice. But you also have to spend time making notes about the corrections. What, what did you do wrong? Why does this not work? You know, lots of people write sheets and sheets of practice and they never correct it. What is the point in doing that kind of work? You're just wasting paper. You have to spend the time correcting oh. it. And then you have to spend the time doing some research. And if you if you're just writing, it it's just pretty letters. There's there's no okay. structure behind it. So there's there's a lot that has to come together for you to get to the point where you're really sort of you're really Putting all these little skills together to, to move you in a particular direction. So that's okay. that's how I that's how I, I I sort of moved from you know sort of beginner level into intermediate level and into advanced level works. Um, and you know to be being being asked to being appointed one of the crown office scribes was was really quite a big thing for me. Um, and that 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 every time those scrolls come in. You know they they are they, really exciting because you're working on vellum. It's it's the same process the monks would have used historically to prepare it, and and so it's it's really quite wonderful. So that that that's something that comes in you know three to four times a year. Uh, some of the other wow. projects um, that we that I've done in the past, uh, you know, I, I worked in a pyramid in Egypt drawing hieroglyphs. Um, that was, <laughs> uh, you know, I. I think with choosing projects, you have to be really conscious about your skill level, what the project mm-hmm. is going to entail, how long it's going to, you know, mm-hmm. how long it might run for, uh, whether or not you actually have the level of skill that you need in order to do it mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and and not have it overrun um, mm-hmm. and whether or not you're going to enjoy it. And I think that's a big part of choosing a project for me. You know, if If I, if I am going to, I, I really need to think through the project and think, you know, do I, do I really, have a, do I feel a connection with this client? Because if I don't mm-hmm, feel a connection mm-hmm. with the client, then I have to drive the project. If the client is, if I feel connected to the client, there's a lot of interaction and they have an emotional and energetic investment in the project so that it's not all coming from me, uh, which, which is really important you know, the, the projects that we're working on now are really quite mm-hmm. fascinating because they are my projects. So I had um I had three pads mm-hmm. come up with Rodia and the, the mm-hmm. paper is extraordinary to work on.
0: Love the way you work on them. I've seen a lot of videos where you work on them and it's uh, you know even though I'm not a calligrapher myself mm-hmm. it is so healing to actually look at the flow the way you write it I sometimes you know I just keep watching your videos I keep scrolling and watching your videos <laughs> it's really healing
1: thank you I and mean, you know the the, the, the it, it's great coming up with with projects and with products and um, I always tell people you know my my ideas for my my products and my projects, especially the new ones, the products that we have coming out, they're mine because I wanted them. You know, I, 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 when Rudy when and I were talking about these pads, they said to me, why, why do you, why do you want this? And I said, because I want a nice black paper on the market with really fine black lines because it doesn't exist so i I always think about things that i want and i know if i want it then clearly other calligraphers will want it so we we have quite a few projects in the pipeline the first one is is gone to production something called a lining template which helps you to rule up lines on onto pages much more easily because calligraphers hate hate ruling lines and so (laughs) i thought how can i make this easier how can i make this simpler so that people can rule the lines and get writing so it was it it, it's the 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 projects that i've have in the pipeline now are my they're my projects they're they're things that i've come up with that i know will make a difference in other in calligraphers lives so so Mm -hmm. that's moving from client-based projects to my own projects which i know will will help people Mm mm-hmm
0: That's really inspiring, and that is really interesting. So, um, I think uh, it's quite inspiring understanding your story with Rovia. It's it's really very inspiring. And also, a lot of artists, while, uh, you know, how you choose your projects, where you see with the time and the skill level, as well as, you know, uh, how you feel about that client. I'm sure a lot of... uh, artists or uh, calligraphers who have just started their journey or are in the middle of their journey, I think I'm sure that's a good, uh, you know, information or something to learn from while they are also handling their projects or when they get a new project themselves. So my next question is, how do you select your projects? I think you've already spoken about that. And um, hmm, how do you perceive calligraphy do you use it as a medium to convey emotion or is it purely for the aesthetics and beauty of it?
1: So there are a number of, of aspects to that question. So mm-hmm. I have a very personal connection with my craft. And, um, you know, I, I, I've been doing this more than three quarters of my life. I studied mm-hmm. letter form history and manuscript history. So I have a very academic investment in the craft. I also have a very practical investment in the craft because I I then went on to study calligraphy and heraldic painting and gilding. So I have this Mm -hmm. really interesting balance between my intellectual side of the craft and my practical Mm -hmm. side of the craft. And for me, it's bringing those two together, which is something that's very rare in a calligrapher to have the paleographical background or a paleographer to have a calligraphic background. So, okay. so from a personal point of view, I mean I, I have a great library. I can
0: quickly. Oh I can.
1: So that's so this is
0: Oh my god. I think this is a, <laughs> that's a lot. There's, there's more. Wow. And I also know that part of your manuscript is at National Art Gallery Museum.
1: Yeah, I mean my, my, my I put my manual in the National Art Gallery because that's where I started manual, my research sorry. with it. Um so the library is really important for me because I do a lot of research on manuscript history and letter form history. And that's both a professional and a personal thing I can quite easily spend. I, I mean, over lockdown, I, 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 I stopped posting for a little while because I got sucked into the library. And I would come oh, in oh. <laughs> because I was I was in the studio on my own. So I could come mm-hmm. into work. I would come in and I would do research and I would just, I just fell in love with the research again. And it's so beautiful to, to have access to tools and materials that I cannot, not, not only do the research in the manuscripts, but also cut some quills and do some ink testing. And there's tons of vellum and parchment in the studio to test, to actually try and work out what's happening in the manuscripts. So on a, on a personal level, that, that really brings me a lot of joy.
0: I'm sure, um, I'm sure.
1: On a on an energetic level, because I, I teach Reiki, and I teach healing, and, oh, and I lovely. teach meditation.
0: I never knew that about you. I think I did have an encounter with you at Tawad Gallery. I still remember that very clearly. It oh, yeah. feels like yesterday. Oh, my
1: God.
0: <laughs> when uh, there was East Meets West with uh, Mr. Palam, I remember yes. that. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was something. It was, it was I I don't know what that was, but I think I'll surely uh, speak more in detail with that with you personally. I'm sure I want to know more about it. So that's quite interesting, and, and, and understanding that, that that that
1: that that's really interesting that you brought that up because you know that that came about because um, because Nitika and um, and uh, and Zilia? Zenia, I mean, Zenia organized the, 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 yes. the event. Yes, yes, yes. But when Nantika when asked me to do this this
0: mm-hmm.
1: thing, I, I I spent a lot of time talking with her about how we're going to do it, how we're going to make this connection between the two scripts. You know, I, 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 I pride myself on the fact that I don't just write Western scripts. You know, I I learned to write Devanagari script. I taught myself to write it years ago because I just thought it was so beautiful. I taught myself to write Sanskrit. I can write in, in different <laughs> languages because for me it's about how the tool allows writing to happen, not just in Western script. And so, being asked to do this um, to to do this exhibition with Achuth was really quite interesting because we had to bridge the gap and you know western script vibrates at a very particular frequency as does east eastern scripts they also have their particular vibrations and agreed mean, yes being in india you, you really feel mm-hmm. the flux of energy in india because indians are so connected to the earth and, mm-hmm. and of course i was there at the beginning of the uh, ganesha ganpati which was just insane i saw
0: that picture yes yes i mean
1: i i i cried in that we went to the temple and i i was i was a wreck and i had to go and teach afterwards <laughs> because of being connected to energy and, and really being able to feel it is a big part of my calligraphic practice um, and and I, I try to bring that into the writing so when you when you look at me right the writing is very rhythmic it, it has mm-hmm. a really beautiful pace to it, so that you can breathe slower and more rhythmically. And so there is a meditative aspect to the writing. So, so that's that's on an energetic level.
0: Mm-hmm. And then, of
1: course, there's the practical side of it. You mm-hmm. know, when I'm doing work for clients, or I'm doing work for myself, or well, what what does that work feel like? How does it? How how do I perceive its accuracy and its veracity on the page? And I think, you know, for me, it's how, well, be, maybe 10 years ago, I used to hate this. I used to hate it when people looked at my work and said, oh, no, no, we didn't want to print it. We wanted it written. And I'm like, it's it's written. They're like, are you sure? This looks like, oh. a, this looks like a computer's done it. And, and that used to really upset me. And now I sort of think, you know, you're, you're, you're looking at work that is so accurate that your closest... Um, your closest descriptive capacity for it is to compare it to com- a machine. So that, that starts wow. to, to tell you that, you know, the work, for me, the work is, it, it's about accuracy on a level that, that surpasses what a computer can do because the computer has this, this level of accuracy that's consistent. But you
0: can't feel it. When it in- comes from a computer, you can't feel it.
1: And so how do we you- take that level and, and and raise the bar. So that's that's where I that's, so those are the different aspects, those are how, those are the different ways that I, I sort of perceive calligraphy.
0: That's really interesting. Um, And it's really interesting knowing that you're a healer as well because I'm a pranic healer too. I have uh, done Arhatic Yogi myself. I'm an Arhatic Yogi myself. And I think even while I paint, I sometimes look at the energy or I sometimes look at the feeling of a certain thing. I think knowledge is so powerful, like you said, that maybe it brings you to a journey where... I think being an artist or calligrapher, as you're the master of calligraphy yourself, I think it's, it's already being at a higher realm. You're already at a higher realm. I think it's, it's the most beautiful feeling, I think. And it's a beautiful journey. So I'm sure. But when are you... I'm sorry. It's not amongst the questions. But I want to know when are you coming back to India? Oh,
1: well, When are you coming travel. again? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm sure right now, not <laughs> yes
1: uh you know i I, I loved i loved being in india i i had such an amazing time and there's so much to see and we um i uh, my husband joined me after three Mm -hmm. weeks of teaching in um in in mumbai and meeting some Mm -hmm. amazing people in mumbai and of course having some utterly insane food (laughs) i'm sure (laughs) and we we left Mumbai and then we went to, um, of course, we, we went to Ajanta and we went to Elora, and that was, that was, that was.
0: Uh, I'm just, sure that's beautiful. That's such a yes.
1: shocking experience. And, and the caves still vibrate with so much energy. And then we went up to, um, to, uh, to Jaipur and we, we went with a group of, of people from the hotel to this morning mm-hmm, mm-hmm. prayer where most of the people from the city go and they, they pray at like six o'clock in the morning and we walk through the flower market and the morning prayer was I, I was I was a wreck and they started praying and they started the moving around in a circle I, I, I just started I was shaking so badly our guide came up. He the said, Are you all right?" I said, "This, I, 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 this is so." And he said, "Can you feel that?" And I was crying. And he, the our guide, was hugging me, and he said, "Oh, I'm so, I'm oh. so blessed." And I, I was, I was so moved at the, the connection that that Indians have to to the earth. So I mean, we we were we 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 were like, "When are we coming back?" Um. And you know I have lots of followers in India so helping mm-hmm. helping them trying to to sort of build their understanding of calligraphy is, is a big part of my journey um so when mm-hmm. when we're going to come back I'm not sure it just depends on on, on when travel is 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 open um, and I think you know lockdown has has has, has produced quite a lot of uh, a lot of online classes and so there are so many more tutors who connected with their students um so getting back to India is is is, is a, a, a big thing for us.
0: Wow. I think that's quite amazing. But I'm sure that while you get back to India, please let me know. I would really love to meet you. And also understand about the encounter at Tau Art Gallery, as uh, we had spoken about. (laughs) Yes. And uh, wow, I think you're a really grounded person yourself. I think if you weren't grounded, I'm sure you wouldn't have been getting those energies or the vibes which you really get at the higher realm. It's beautiful. And my next question, Mm -hmm. what experience do you have with burnout and how do you deal with it? I think one of the days I had also seen your video where your hand was aching. And uh, I'm sure that, you know, with the passion you have for calligraphy, you must be, you know, learning and writing and doing a lot of things with your personal projects. So I want to know, how do you get out of it?
1: Um, I I think there are there are a few ways to to answer this question i think that that, that you, you need to not only touch on burnout but you also need to touch on illness you know i, I was hospitalized with covid at the beginning of the year
0: oh my uh, god and, okay uh
1: it was it was really bad and um i have to be really careful talking about it because you know the, the doctor said it was no. mm-hmm. you know when when you have that kind of that kind of brush with with something so serious, <coughs> excuse me. Um, you you really struggle to talk about it because it's it's still so fresh. Um, I couldn't I couldn't write. Oh my god! I couldn't write. I mean, I remember when I got home from the hospital. When we got out of the taxi, I couldn't. We we live a short block from the main road and it's Mm -hmm. maybe a 30 second walk. It must've taken me about 10 minutes to walk and Tim was supporting me and I was, my legs were so weak. And I remember when I was finally able to go downstairs um, to the kitchen, you know, the walk downstairs from the bedroom to the kitchen, I I would run down the stairs. (laughs) It could quite easily take 10 minutes. I was mm-hmm, so weak. Mm-hmm. And I was in the oh, kitchen okay. and we have a little list of what food we have in the freezer.
0: <laughs> so mm-hmm.
1: by each draw. And I was trying to write with a, a normal pen. And I couldn't even I, I couldn't even write with the pen. I was so weak I couldn't form the letters and I started to think I um I won't be able to write again. And I had neuropathy in, in these fingers i lost Mm -hmm, sensation mm -hmm. because of covid okay and so when i finally managed to get into the studio i did a i did a video sort of talking about you know we had so many messages from people and i just wanted them to to know that i was okay and i was getting better but it would take a long time to post and i didn't look at the video i just did it tim said to me "Well, go in you do the video and we're coming home I saw it, that video. Yes. It's it's a ten minute walk to home. It took us forty five minutes. Tim Tim had COVID as well. So it, mm-hmm. it took us forty-five okay. yeah. minutes to walk to the studio. And we got in and I had to sit for like an hour just trying to catch my breath and then trying to remember how to set the phone up and my brain wasn't working and I just I I, I didn't even know how to do a live anymore. Because your brain oh, is God. just nothing's working. And I sat Mm -hmm. down and I did the video and I posted it. I didn't even look at it. And when we finished, Tim said to me, you can't can't look at your phone again. You're too tired. And then we had to walk back home. (laughs) And so, you know, it took another 40 minutes, 45 minutes to walk home. We got into the house. I was exhausted. I had Mm -hmm. to have a nap for two hours. Then I thought let me just look at the messages and I had so many people say to me I couldn't I couldn't even watch this. I, oh my I, God. I was so broken watching how ill you were I couldn't I couldn't physically watch the video one woman said to me the only reason I watched it was because I had to I had to share in in what you were going through because you took the time to make the video she said but by the end of it I was a wreck so it took me. Like I think a month. even I
0: could see half of it because I could not take watching the full video myself.
1: And then it took it took about a month and a half to come into the studio and I couldn't physically write. I couldn't control the tool. So I basically had to train myself to write again, like how I teach my students. I went through the same steps.
0: Oh my god, okay.
1: So you know, talking about burnout, I think it's important that we also talk about illness. Because there's so many people who come to calligraphy because of illness and they struggle to write. And I think, you know, a a lot of us, we, for a long time, we've not, we've not, we've not recognized that this is a problem. Mm -hmm. So I I started building this course, which, you know, I'm going to do this online course, a free online Mm -hmm, course mm -hmm. about how to, how to practice when you're, when you're struggling with illness. And from a burnout point of view, you know, when you're working constantly, you have to consider, are you doing your work or are you doing somebody else's work? Because doing someone else's work can really cause, cause you to, to start to resent the craft because you're not doing it for yourself. And they might be calling you and pestering you and demanding this and demanding that and you, you start to resent this thing that you love. So you you have to recognize that. And you have to take a step back from it. Otherwise, it will it will make a break in your craft, in your craft, in your passion for your craft. And, you I know, totally I totally agree
0: I, with that, yes. I, I, I worked
1: right. constantly for a long time and I got to the point where I I, I couldn't I couldn't do wedding work anymore. I couldn't deal with crazy brides and demanding fashion houses. And and nobody seemed to care for the fact that it takes time to do this. Um, and in the end, I, I made a decision to stop doing that kind of work. I had to take a break. And in the time of taking the break, I was approached by Speedball to publish a, a manual on copperplate script. And so, you know, when when you're dealing with burnout, you know, you also have to think, what can I do in this field that I love that is allied to my practice? So if you're accustomed to doing lots of writing for lots of people, maybe take a break and do some teaching or maybe take a break and, um, and, Concentrate on a script that you've never concentrated on before. Um, maybe take a break and do research, because most calligraphers very rarely do calligraphic research and the history of the script and what the script is, where it's come from, where it might be going to. So, by by taking these breaks, it it helps it helps to reinforce your your connection to the craft. If you're doing research historically, it helps to strengthen your knowledge base. And that, that dramatically changes your ability to interact with your craft. And, um, you know, I, I saw someone wrote about, about mental health issues. And, of course, that, that, that's equally a huge problem. Because, you know, if you, if you struggle with depression, it's much easier to experience burnout than it is uh, if you don't have mental health problems. Because you can very quickly look at the work and think, I'm not good enough because your depression is getting in the way. So being able to recognize whether you are dealing with burnout mentally because of being tired or dealing with it because of an overshadowing issue of mental health issues is, is a huge consideration. Cause those are two, the two different ways to deal with that. Get professional help. Um, mm-hmm. Talk to somebody, you know, the calligraphy community is, is, is amazing. I, I answer all. If somebody sends me a private message, a, a DM message on, on Instagram, I always answer, answer them. People wow. say, Oh my God, I can't believe you answered me. And you know, it's, it's a lot of messages.
0: <laughs> yes, that's true. Um,
1: and you know, that, you know, my, my mother's my mother said to us when we were quite young, she said, you know, you never know what somebody's going through. So mm, always have a really smile true. on your face when you're walking down the street. Always look at people and smile at them because you that one smile could make the difference in their life. And it's the same thing that I, I, I apply to my social media. It devours my time. <laughs> because, you know, it means if somebody If somebody takes the time to send a message i will take the time to answer it if somebody just says hi i just say hi back
0: say hi (laughs) Um,
1: but it's i'm 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 always surprised at how much that that affects people because you know you you then if they're asking a question and you reply they then send back a question you can you know as a healer you can sense energy when you read a message you can sense the structure of the energy in that message. And when, when the reply comes, it's like, it's bright. Oh my gosh, thank you for replying. And you know that that person is, you, you've, you've not just helped them mentally on, on an issue that they're struggling with calligraphically, but, but you've brought some happiness into their life. And wow. that's another great way to deal with burnout because even though you might be burnt out, the fact that you are taking your time to help others it it, it it inverts the burnout and so the burnout starts to you know you're yeah. not sitting there writing but you can sit there looking at other people's work typing one of the other things i I do you know tom ross tom is Tom is a good friend mm-hmm. of mine Tom is
0: amazing wow okay
1: content producer you know, talking about community helping to build community he said you know one of the things that you should do is every day you should look at, you know, the first 10 or 20 people who have liked your posts and go to their feed and see what they're up to. And, you know, and they're obviously following you for a reason. So to go wow. to, their, well, and I do this, I go to the you know, first 20 people, I go through their post. You, mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. might be the first 40 people because half of them, they're, 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 their content is private. So I would go to their posts and like things and look through things and make comments. And you get messages back from people saying, oh, my gosh, you've, you've made my week. I've, I've not been having a good week. And this has really, really helped me. And, you know, we, we have the ability to do this. We, all, it, all it is is just taking a little bit of your precious time and just touching somebody's life. And it, it, you have no idea what that's going to do to them. And so that's a great way of dealing with burnout because you're, you're using the time that you can't do the writing. You're using it to help somebody else. And as soon as you start helping somebody else, the universe sends you this of you. brightness. And you're like, oh, wow. So it's, <laughs> there are lots of ways to deal with burnout. And I, 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 you know, I come back to this. The best way to deal with it is to help somebody else.
0: Wow. I think that's so beautiful, Paul. I think you're a beautiful soul yourself. It's so inspiring. It's so inspiring for me. And I see a lot of people commenting in here how inspired they are. So I think that's beautifully said, you know, helping people. And you never know who is at which phase. So just being kind itself is something where you can help somebody. So I really believe in that. And I think you're an amazing soul yourself. And and I'm sure that you are connected to your own soul I'm sure with the way you say the vibes which you get and you know with the energies which you get I'm sure you're connected to your soul and I think that's beautiful Thank
1: you that's so very much. beautiful I'm just <laughs> running through these comments because you know once 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 the live is finished the comments now disappear which is yes which is they disappear um, yes.
0: I think a lot of people have asked me that I'm going to save this video. Yes, I'm going to be saving this video. Of course. Uh, I mean, it has to be saved. So yes. So my next question for you, Paul. Mm-hmm. Um. So um, apart from the I think I'm done with all the questions. I'm going to ask you a few of my personal questions now okay, sure, because sure. I am intrigued. <laughs> yes. So um i'm sorry a lot of people must have asked you uh i want to know uh how did you uh, when did you get the first project i'm sure you've been working for more than 20 years from now 20 years
1: oh, more than 20 years i'm 46 more than
0: 20 oh my god <laughs> <laughs> i'm so sorry how huh? i'm so sorry
1: <laughs> my 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 first my first project you know i, I grew up in trinidad uh-huh. One of the things, uh one of the things about growing up in a developing country, in a small developing country, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was born in seventy four. And so there's no internet, the number of books are just so limited. There mm-hmm. was one book in on calligraphy on the island. Just one mm-hmm. book. In all the bookstores, there was one book. Mm-hmm. And I saved so much to buy this one book. Because, you know, you guys know what what a difficult exchange rate is like. You know, in Trinidad, the exchange rate was 10 to 1. And this book was uh, 12.99, 12 pounds 99. So, you know, it was, it was $150. And if you think a bottle of beer in Trinidad was two fifty well, back then when I wanted to buy the book, it was $2. So this book could have bought you 75 bottles of beer wow massive exchange rate
0: wow and, I remember,
1: and I, you know that I, I I loved books as a child and I would go into the bookstores and all everybody in the bookstores knew me and I would go into the bookstores I'd say hello to everybody it's like you know it's a little boy hi 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 they're like um, <laughs> I was really careful so they would let me touch the books and if I picked a book that I wanted they knew I would buy it so they would put it aside and I would go in every Friday and I would I would ask them to see the book, and I would sort of look look through it, and I'd give it back to them. And then, you know, maybe after two or three months, I'd have I'd have saved enough money to buy this book, and I'd go and buy it. And they'd be, like, "Oh, you bought the book?" And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody was really happy for me. <laughs> um, and there was this one book, which was more expensive than any other book I had I, I wanted mm-hmm. to buy. And then I opened the book, and I remember. Well, I, I still have the book. Where is it? It's it's over there. Yeah. So and I opened it.
0: Interesting. Mm-hmm.
1: And the double page spread of the book was a double page spread from Albrecht Dürer's work for Maximilian I. And this manuscript made me decide this. This is what I want to do.
0: Wow.
1: I was. I, That's it was quite inspiring. Mag- it was such a magnetic experience. It just sort of grabbed me. Um, and, yeah, you know, I, I did some lives. Tim said to me, maybe you should do some lives about your life um, during lockdown. And I, I did these four lives. One about how I came to calligraphy, um, one about my studies, one about my professional work, and uh, one about the manuscripts, some of the books in the studio. Um, and the live about my life was, you know, was really hard. And it, it was very difficult not to cry because, um, you know, it's it, it's really tough sort of talking about your life, especially when you've had, you know, lots of lots of issues growing up. And, and my father was really abusive. and So it, it, just having to, to, to sort of deal with those emotions again and those memories.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, mommy is one of the most beautiful people I've ever met. You know, she's so lovely and full of love and gentle and caring. And she raised four of us on her own. And she fought to make sure we had, you know, an education. And it, and so when I, I started doing calligraphy, she was very encouraging. And Little Island, if you do something on a little island, you are not just sort of okay at it you are the best at it because nobody else is doing it, right? That's and, beautiful. And so I got asked by, um, by this big oil company to do, this, um, to do these scrolls. I'd never done a scroll before. And they were massive scrolls. I, I, even today, I, I very rarely get a commission that size. And so this is at 15, I had eight scrolls to do. I'd never written out this much text in my life. And I was really conscious of the structure of the text. And so I, um, I, I very quickly had to up my game. I had to figure out how to rule carefully. I had to figure out how to write accurately. Um, and, you know, true to form, they always need it yesterday. <laughs> so that, that was my first real sort of, that was my first commission.
0: Wow. This,
1: That's- this uh, Absolutely, wow. massive project, um, and I, I look, I can still see what I did, and I, I sort of look back on it, and I think, uh, at fifteen, I would have, I would have done this <laughs> and this, but I'm, I'm, I am still quite proud of of those eight scrolls, and, um, and yeah, it's 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 really quite, quite, quite something that that first project.
0: Wow, I think your first project is quite inspiring as well. <laughs> <laughs> yes so I think I don't have any more questions I think if anyone from the audience would like to ask any questions to Paul anyone?
1: I see some great people on Rachel's on, OJ's on Sanjana's on <laughs> so I, 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 I you know Sanjana was on a, on a, a talk on Sunday mm-hmm. I just want to talk about this a little bit
0: sure um, yes
1: and she was talking about uh, Western calligraphy and how mm-hmm, lots mm-hmm. of pe- lots of people in India are very keen to learn Western calligraphy and I I, I left mm-hmm. a comment saying that you know it's great you know that that so many Indians want to learn Western calligraphy, but what breaks my heart is you guys have some amazing scripts and. The drive should be to want to learn Western calligraphy alongside your, your, your Indian scripts. And so many Indian scripts are disappearing and nobody's learning them and nobody's practicing them. And there are very few teachers, you know, that, that people like Achut and Vipul and, um, and I think Ash does, does Devanavri script as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. But, yes.
1: Why 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 are you concentrating on a Western script when you have all of this magic in India?
0: Wow. Very well said, Paul. Thank you so much for this saying this. That
1: breaks my heart. It really, (laughs) really breaks my heart. And you know, you have you have Vedas written in in Sanskrit and you have some amazing content in India. You know, so I, I think for those of you who live in india for those of you who are indian and you want to learn western script you you need to make a decision that you cannot just learn western script you must also learn one of your indian scripts
0: yes and and you know totally I, I have agree some great
1: books from where are they i've six books little booklets one wow. On um, on Indian scripts and they they're available you can get these books wow
0: I think you know I feel like getting into another live just focusing on the Indian script books oh. now now oh, that's, that's so intriguing beautiful.
1: me <laughs> they're so beautiful these Indian scripts where are they where's where are the books I mean I, I took them out just recently because I wanted to to go through them again um wow but you know there's there's a lot of scope.
0: That's okay if you can't find now, but if it is possible, I would love to do another live just focusing on the Indian script, but only if whenever you're free. I, I think in the coming I, months or whenever.
1: <laughs> I, I, you know, I just took
0: I, an opportunity.
1: I'm, 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 I'm glad that I, you know, and I can see people at this going, wow, uh, yes, well said. You know, yes. it's, it's you as an Indian, it's your responsibility to do this. I, I can only suggest it. You know, I, I, Devanagari script is so beautiful. I love it. I spent some time, you know, you saw the exhibition. I, when, when we were putting the exhibition together, I thought, I wonder if they've ever seen this done with a ruling pen. And so we had that big piece. Um, done with this beautiful ruling pen. And I wrote out some Tebna and ruling pen script. Um, which was I so saw that. It, that was beautiful. Everybody was like, wow, this is amazing. And I said, yeah, but you know, you need to know the script in order to do it. Um, Agreed. And, and so Very well, yes. I, I, I would love, I, I'm grateful that you guys want to learn Western script, because that's, that's where my base is, obviously. If I can learn to write in Sanskrit and I can learn to write in Devanagari, you can more than learn to do it. So true, you know, very true. You, your posts for those of you who post Western script, for those of you, and this is this is, and I'm being really harsh with you here, but those mm-hmm. of you who are Indians and you live in India, your Instagram should be a Western script post and Indian script post, because you you, you have to you have
0: it's to fight part, for yes. this. Yes, Otherwise, I agree.
1: You're you're going to end up in the situation that we ended up in in the West. You know, we
0: mm-hmm, we mm-hmm.
1: lost our tradition of calligraphy. So,
0: okay, at mm-hmm. the
1: beginning of the 20th century, Edward Johnston had to go digging into manuscripts. He looked at the Ramsey Psalter. He had to figure out how quills were cut. Yes, there was the Worshipful Company of Scriveners. There were Crown Office the scribes. There were scribes at the um, at the palace, there were scribes at the College of Arms. Wow. But they were only scribes doing work at a particular level. Edward Johnston had to go back into the manuscripts, figure out how quills worked, figure out how ink worked, how to prepare vellum, because that was lost to, to the general public. And you, you are in this situation where you can lose your Indian scripts because you are too busy focusing on somebody else's script. Great. Learn the Western script. You have to take responsibility for your own, your own scripts. Otherwise you're going to lose it. You are going to lose those. I
0: agree. I agree.
1: And you have some great practitioners in India who do Indian scripts, seek them out. You know, they, they should be featured on your Instagram.
0: I think ones. I would like to add a point to this. I'm going to be featuring someone as well who's an Indian calligraphy artist. I'm sure you must have heard of Kamal Jain. Yes. I am gonna be interviewing him very soon.
1: <laughs> so,
0: you
1: know, I, so uh yes. I you know, I I, I would so... really impress upon you guys to, you know, oh you know, maybe start a, a, a maybe start a hashtag, you know. Where it's you know Indian scripts, or you see Indians hashtag Indian scripts hashtag Devnagri script. Now, obviously obviously the Devnagri script hashtags already, um, but contributing to that would be would be amazing. It would it would be really quite special to get that to get that flowing. You know, how do you apply Western calligraphic techniques to Indian scripts? So wow, there's, there's I think magic.
0: It, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yes. All right. So So I think as to what you've said, I would also like to add on to it that, you know, as you said that, you know, a lot of scripts have been lost. And I had also seen one of your video where you were actually explaining a script, which was so interesting and beautiful with very small writing. I don't remember what script that was, but uh to speak in a broader perspective, I think there are so many beautiful cultures where all of us belong from and there, is, there are so many genres that, you know, uh, we can learn from. So if we are going to, as you said, if we are going to miss out on the Indian genre and just drive towards the Western only or any other apart from Western, I think we we can somewhere lose out our culture and the learning and the knowledge which has to be passed or to be known to the wider audience, that will be lost. Because every culture as you said uh, i mean i'm just repeating what you said that you know the sanskrit and the devanagari script and even the other scripts which you've said apart from the western ones are so beautiful i mean understanding their history understanding where they come from i think i can literally feel the vibes right now i don't know <laughs> but
1: um, but you know even beautiful with, even you know i i i i've been I've been talking about this in the last couple of weeks. You know, even with our Western scripts, you know, there's so many people doing modern calligraphy, and they're not taking the time to look at where the modern calligraphy came from. You know, modern calligraphy evolves out of um, out of pointed pen scripts, principally Spencerian and copperplate script, more more copperplate script than anything else. You can't do modern calligraphy without knowing. A little bit about copperplate script. And because people are not being responsible in their learning, because they're not being stewards of the craft, that information is problematic because, you know, like I said earlier on, it's not just about pretty writing. You know, having that background really helps in consolidating. But, But more than that, having that background really ensures the longevity of the craft. And, and that's, that's the key. Because if, if, you know, when those of us like me, when, when my, my age group, when we die, what's going to happen? Who is going to have that information? Are you, are you guys going to have to relearn everything that we knew because you chose not to learn the historical context? So it's really important wow. that, we, that we, we, we hold on to this information. And, and similarly, in India, you know, you're losing scripts. Every month you're losing scripts. You know, there's some little old woman in a village that's very difficult to get to. And she's the last person who speaks that script, that language, that dialect. And it's never been recorded. And once she goes, that's gone. So there's 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 a wow. lot. I think there's more to be done in India around Indian scripts than there are to to be done in, than there is to be done in the West because we 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 went past they that threshold been. and we lost it. You you cannot okay, lose.
0: Okay, Cannot lose. I this. agree. I agree. I think beautifully said. Yes. So someone's asked which Indian calligraphy, which style of calligraphy do you prefer the most? I think Vimal Parmar. I know him. I, he I, had You know, asked.
1: you know, it's, it's it's the same thing with West, with Western script. People say to me, which is your favorite script? When you get to a certain point with writing, there are there are no not no one script is better than the other. Each script has its own fascination, and it's. It's about how to figure out what that fascination is to connect it. Because if you start That's thinking true. one script is better than another, you will never want to progress from it to something else. So
0: That's true. All right. So I think uh, as much as I would love to have you and ask you more questions, because uh, you know with every passing time it's getting more and more interesting and getting me more and more intrigued <laughs> uh, but <laughs> looking at the time now and uh, i'll have to uh, now uh, finish this really fast so i would really like to thank you uh, paul for uh, you know as i said that you as you said that you're always available in your dms and, um, you know, as you're always, I mean, I am I have a lot of gratitude that you actually, you know, are here for my life today at my platform. It's an honor. Thank you So much. thank you so much for being here, Paul. And the ones who do not, I'm sure everyone knows you. You all can follow uh, Paul at PS Crime. <laughs> I mean, I don't have to say more. And guys, as I'm launching my new podcast which is called as God of Onions, which is pinned over here please follow me there and uh, my main motive is to interview the masters and uh, I have started with Mr. Paul Antonio where he's the master of calligraphy himself and it was beautiful beautiful understanding the journey from where you come from I think I'm quite inspired by you And I'm sure that I have a lot of questions. Again, I'm reiterating at our gallery, what exactly was that? So I think I'm going to take that personally. So thank you so much, guys. And sorry, there's one last question come up. Steve Jobs was inspired with calligraphy and he bought that art to his innovative product. I'm so sorry, Paul. Do you have anything to say for that?
1: Uh, it, this is more of a statement. I mean, that's that's exactly what yes. That okay,
0: yes. This is more of a statement. That's true. I think uh, we lo- uh, we actually use a lot of uh, different writings, calligraphy writings in there, like arial or a lot of writings are there in there. So perfect. Thank you so much, Paul, uh, to talk. Uh, I mean, it was beautiful understanding your journey, and thank you so much, guys, for the support and being here. Brilliant. I would uh, so I think I will uh, Super.
1: have a good day yes. thank you so much thank you so much Paul Bye.
0: thank you bye thank you so much for joining us Paul and to everyone listening thank you so much for being here you can find Paul Antonio and see more of his work on Instagram at P-A-S-C-R-I-B-E. On Facebook, Paul Antonio Scribe and his YouTube channel is A. scribe. Thank you so much and tune in next time to see which artist we interview next. You can find us on God of own YouTube and Spotify and... At the rate, G- God of Onions, which is G O D underscore O F underscore O N I O N S on Instagram. Thank you so much, guys.